Damn, JJ. Do we need to start like a like a, a drive, like a food drive or some shit, clothing drive for you? No, I'm doing good. <laughs> Get you into some new duds? No, I'm just a little shabby. <laughs> well, I'll say. <laughs> we love this music and we know what we are talking about. We've got opinions and we're not afraid to say them out loud. We already know if this is ska. Cause this is Horn Pod. Horn Pod. Horn Pod. Welcome to Horn Pot. Nope, that's no energy. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Horn Pot, a ska podcast. I'm JJ Loy, and I'm joined, as always, by Matthew Wixon. Happy whatever. (laughs) Hi. Happy whatever. Welcome to Horn Pod. See, I always, I'm, I'm as always joined by. Like, I've never done done one of these without you so far. No, no. I mean, you. I you can if you want. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you ever like, I really need to do a horn pod and, and Wixen's too busy or whatever. Like, you can do it without me. But like, as always, you are joined by me. <laughs> Ooh, who would be a backup host? I don't know. I feel like Mark kind of is the guy around town. Like, he's got the gig if 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 I drop out. Actually, that yeah, that's pretty. Smart. Mark Wasserman, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I can I can see you guys just doing this without me. Someday. I don't. I hope you don't. Or vice versa. Right. Uh, <laughs> Actually, Mark could turn in a, a horn pot on his own if he wanted to. I'd, he probably I'd could. It. Yeah. He, like, I don't it. think anybody would be mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fan, fan submitted horn pot episodes are open to it. <laughs> yeah. If you've got an episode for horn pod and you just want to do it like without <laughs> us, uh, like it's not an automatic yes, but who knows, you know? Yeah. I'm, I, I, I appreciate the. Uh, the nerve of it all the hooks but <laughs> how's it how's it been going i i guess uh we we caught up with you last right before you were about to kick off your your uh your new um my comedy uh, show variety thing. your variety hour weekly variety hour yeah man we are three shows deep now uh about to start working on a holiday thing it's it's wild because we spent like a couple of months trying to figure out what we were going to do with our weekly show. And once we figured out the first show, it dawned on us that we only had a week to figure out what the second show was going to be. And right. it was going to be oh, like suddenly this every single time. week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the, the second week was a little bit bumpy. Not in like, like we executed it perfectly fine. It was just like mentally bumpy, I think, because it was a lot of stress. But then after we'd successfully done the second show, uh, like this past week's show felt like we were kind of hitting a stride with it and we could just have fun and kind of stretch out and fuck around. And, and so like that kind of thing, it's like really exciting to be, to show up somewhere and like, all right, what are we going to put on stage in two days and then figure that out and then put it on stage in two days. Are, are you happy with what you're putting on stage? Honestly, I'm so proud of this show. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's silly. Uh, It's also, I think, consistently funny. And it's just very, like, if, like, this show didn't, there wasn't anything quite like this show before we we did it. And, like, they've, there's been, like, weekly shows that were kind of 
trying to be structured or whatever. We're, we're just more ambitious, I think, than previous attempts, and we're more successful at pulling it off so far. Nice. And, like, if, if I hadn't been part of doing this show, this is the kind of show that I would, like, want to be a part of. So, like, I feel like I'm in exactly the right spot right now. And then also, also, like, I was trying to say, like, now that we've got it up and running and I know what my weeks are like, we should be able to get more recording done, you and I. Mm. Uh, because the gaps so far, like, it's been mostly on me because I've been busy and not really knowing when I was going to get time or have the energy <laughs> to do this and i finally know that i will have the time and the energy so so let's get <laughs> let's get back on the fucking horse sure i got some ideas yeah okay <laughs> but enough about comedy let's talk about 2021 ska music jj you want okay all right i was here for it i yeah I, man i was i too. saw some of it I, I I even heard a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to I don't know, try to trying to like come up with like something that I could characterize this year as. And I don't know, there's like a couple things that were neat, but I don't know if if there was like an overall like thing I can say about. Well, I'm interested in hearing year, you know? what what a couple things you saw were that were neat. Um, I I, I don't know what to call it, like the. N- nostalgia revival of the revival of ska. <laughs> the you uh, know all explain. the books, all the books and articles. Okay, yeah, the, yeah. The um, uh, the what it was the clickbaity articles of hey maybe Scott doesn't suck so bad. Uh, possibly right. spurred on by by Aaron Carnes's book and article, but but maybe this is all just spontaneously happening too yeah it seems like the the ska scene spent a lot of time relitigating the third wave right <laughs> this and year. i was a little bored because we already did that la- the year before <laughs> well yeah yeah we kind of did didn't we <laughs> no you're you are right and uh i i i kind of get that as well i feel like there was a lot of things and it diff- i don't think it characterizes every the the ska world right. this year but like there's but is- there's been a trend of reactions to the the ska boom of the 90s be it books a, a or even legitimization like, right like uh, kind of reclaiming like this is not trash this is this right. is what you know brings like i don't know like it's it's a reclaiming like these are our people too and i think it's interesting that that um uh the, at the date of this recording I, was it was it yesterday no the day before uh, we just saw the slackers being interviewed by Rolling Stone, which is probably uh, only possible because a, a huge ska fan has just become the editor of Rolling Stone. So I think it's I think right. it's kind of cool that we start off this year with kind of like Brooklyn Vegan is kind of giving us this like, hey, we like ska and we're hipsters, and then we're kind of getting this like this book about how hey, actually the third wave doesn't suck and. Um, and then all, like I said, all the clickbaity articles, and now we're we're hitting like now the slackers are are performing on Rolling Stones live session and right. and kind of answering for the scene, kind of like talking about what hearing the scatolites makes them feel. And I don't know, I just feel like um, there there is a certain certain vibe of um, of media blessing. I don't see anybody making it, you know. I don't think I don't see a real wave popping, but uh, not yet. Yeah, but there's also some, there's something something happening. Yeah, 
to, yeah, to, the, no. to, to our name. There's something happening here. What it is is not exactly clear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to quote the song from the Vietnam movies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I, th- I think that, I don't know, we, we haven't really talked about what a next wave would be, would look like, would sound like, all of that. I think that there's a whole lot of interesting things we could say about it. We could guess about it or whatever. Um, I don't know if this is the time for it, but I think that there could be something. I think there's something going on, man. I don't feel like what's going on, though, is like youth driven. And therefore, I don't I don't consider it as, I don't know, anything more than than nostalgia for in a lot of ways. Like, I, yeah, I guess you're right. Like it's 20 somethings, 30 somethings just kind of rehashing, rebranding stuff from their own youth. Is it is it more than the 40 somethings? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I just mean like the bands that are being talked about now as like the the new I don't know the exciting fresh new face of ska punk or whatever are are not people in their forties but they are people in their thirties and twenties absolutely that's what I'm talking about I guess I guess we can't um, discuss the, this kind of thing of of hey ain't ska actually cool without kind of talking about the jeff rosenstock records are we jumping the gun too much to, to bring that in no why not okay i've been told for most of my life wait until the perfect time by people who have been defined by skipping spots in line don't you want to go Because, yeah, we will be going over our top tens, and I don't want to spoil anything, but it yes. might be on somebody's list. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, that, that, that record, I think it hit uh, so many different familiar, like, tones from the third wave and was so splashy and was so, like, I mean, like, it's, it's a redo of a record that already made a splash in the indie world this year. Like, the original was 2020. But okay. Okay. So not. So not they were. They they came out a year apart or so. Yeah. Okay. But like, yeah. I mean, like, it it just had this kind of like, um, yeah, we're laughing at Scott a little, but yeah, we're also kind of like taking full ownership and um, we're playing it for the fans, but we're also kind of like playing it for anybody that wants to. I don't know. It just seemed like kind of like an open door kind of inside joke. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like it definitely. I I remember that it was announced as kind of like it in April it was announced yeah as like this is coming on April 1st and a lot of people just laughed about it and I'm like honestly I wouldn't put it past them and then sure enough and it's not half ass there's there's a lot of work that went into no like they completely a lot of work that went into it they completely rehauled the entire album uh that's not a word rehauled they completely overhauled the entire album re-recorded the entire thing with a full band which means they had to rearrange an entire album, relearn an entire album, which is not half-assed at all. And it's also like they re- they made a basically 90s Scott version of a 2020 indie punk smash, <laughs> which is, I mean, it's everything that you just said it was. Like, it's kind of a joke, but it's also kind of like hey we're going to play ska because it's not not okay to play ska if there is a youth culture element to the 
Like, I think that there are youths listening to ska. Did you say youths? Yeah, two youths. And I think that there are youths listening to Scott because of Jeff Rodenstock and because of some of the other bands on this list, even if it's not right. being made by youths. Because, yeah, Jeff, I guess, is in his 40s. Uh, so he is part <laughs> If he was who you were talking about, then I, I, I withdraw my objection. <laughs> no, no, I just, I, I'm, I'm hoping that there is that there is young people, but I just, I feel like a lot of it is. I will tell you right now for sure that there are people doing that. My cousin is one of them. Oh, so cool. Okay. Yeah, and my cousin, my cousin is not much younger than me, maybe six years younger than me, uh, but they they're finding it through bands like We Are the Union and Catbite and Scott Two Network, and they're kind Perfect. of like yeah, vibing with the whole new tone thing. So I know that there are people out there because I know these people. <laughs> okay, okay, I just don't know them. All the young people I know are not are not into this shit at all. Like I, I work with a, a bunch of like people in their early twenties, and none of them are like into this shit. I mean, I, I assume that there's not a ton of people that are into this shit because, like, yeah, I know that, like, some of these bands are selling out of records, but selling a couple of thousand records is not really making a dent. Right. It's still the <laughs> in, long in, in, Right. Like, if, if they sold, if, if We Are The Union sold 2,000, even 5,000 records, like, chances of you knowing someone that has one of those records are pretty slim <laughs> still. Yeah, that's the kind of vibe that I was feeling like I'd say most like to, to kind of characterize like Ska's like reputation that that's where, I, where I'm feeling it as this kind of like um, everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to be cool with it right now. Everybody's trying to, to claim Ska as like like a badge of honor. Yeah. lately which is interesting yeah and then i guess like looking at the releases uh it's another big year for for ska jazz um it seems like it's it's kind of the most prolific subgenre or uh i mean maybe next to ska punk yeah i don't it there, there does seem to be a lot i don't know if it's more or if i'm just paying more attention to it lately uh, but like when we get into top tens, I've got a handful of mostly or entirely instrumental records on my top ten, <laughs> which is like and not the same ones I have. <laughs> no, and it's very that's very interesting to me. Yeah. Like that, I mean, I I I know that ska jazz is as old as fucking ska itself, so it's not like I it's something I've just discovered or that just. <laughs> it came into existence but like i feel like me personally i have been over the last couple of years way more interested in new kinds of ska jazz new expressions of yeah. ska jazz than i have just like trad revival or neo trad or whatever the fuck you want to call it like or or any of the other myriad Subgenres. Well, so when I was doing the radio show, I never got the sense that that anyone was out there really pulling for ska jazz more than any other. And but I I, I really wonder. I look at I look at how many of these records come out. Um, are people? I'm sure I said this in the last last year's episode too because I remember there was I put out a whole playlist of 2020 ska jazz albums that was huge. Yeah, and it just like I, who's this for? 
uh, I don't know. I'm glad. I'm glad it's for somebody. I'm glad they're buying it. I'm glad it keeps coming <laughs> out. Like I love it. You know. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like the last few years people have been getting more creative with ska jazz, and yeah. we're kind of seeing a new. I don't know, like a new era in ska jazz where it's no longer just doing what the Scatolites did. Right. Uh, you can you can kind of go beyond it, and I know that like uh, Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra have been exploring new elements of ska jazz for decades now, uh, including this year with like multiple <laughs> releases this year. Come on. Uh, but like it feels like the last couple of years, there's been more bands starting or like finally like finding a voice that's ska jazz, but with like a different. I don't know, like they're they're finding ways to do it with a new kind of attitude or a new personality to it, or even just like a new harmonic approach. That, like, there's just so many interesting things going on with like instrumental scout. Lately. Yeah, I'm wondering if if there is an attraction to Scott to, to Scott jazz from like the the actual jazz world. Like, if there's something about being about bringing it all over to a dance beat again. I, I would like to think so. You know, but is, I don't know attractive. jazz people. Yeah. Like we we know that I like, know Scott Jazz people. I don't know yeah, Jazz people. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, you said attractive, like we know that the attractors are like actual jazz heads that happen to play in a ska jazz band. Right. Uh but they're also ska fans who play in a ska jazz. Like so <laughs> right, yeah. So it's not yeah, so I don't I don't know. That's that's an interesting question. And All right, I'm so we're not, gonna need some I'm listener not, feedback. I'm not equipped to answer it. I wanna hear from the youth. Are you listening mm. to Scott? Are you listening to this show? Are you the youth? Mm. <laughs> I also Dear the hear, youth. Are you, a, are you a jazz head before you're a Scott head? And is Scott attractive to to you jazz heads? <laughs> Give us a call. 16 Horn Pod 15. 16 Horn Pod All right, so those are my my random ass observations for the year. How about you? You got any you got any um things that kind of punctuate ska for you this year? Uh I mean to kind of expand on a, on a little bit of the I don't know relitigating or whatever kind of coming to terms with what the third wave meant to the ska scene uh, like 20 15 25 years later whatever the fuck has been. <laughs> I think that there's been a sort of conscious effort to make radio-friendly music in ska. Never signed up to play by any of the rules. Wallpapered my room with all my bad reviews. My lifestyle's awake and filled with gratitude. Ska isn't just a saddle, kid, you gotta live. And I, like, because I think that some of the albums on my list, maybe on your list, are like, I, I don't think that they were meant for the radio but they're ready for the radio if the radio wants them if that makes sense like yeah like we're not like there there's so many like 99% of ska bands don't have shit that would sound right on a video game soundtrack or on a TV show mm-hmm. or on a radio station or nor whatever. do they have the right number of people nor the right look well a yeah few these bands do too. a few of these bands so, recently some, do yeah some of these bands absolutely seem like they could be they're ready for prime time 
Right. I don't I don't think they're necessarily chasing it. I don't think that they're necessarily not chasing it. Um, but I think that they're they've gone out of their way to present a polished enough package presentation, whatever it is, uh, to make it make it an option. Like we the mainstream has options for ska bands right now, and I don't think that they have very right. often or much in the past 20 years. Yeah, I don't know if I have any other just generalizations about the year. I think the the Slacker is without releasing a, an actual album this year, released a, enough singles and other material to be like still fucking all-stars. And and I know that they did also release the dub record which I guess counts. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to uh, negate the dub album. I didn't feel like there was a huge marketing push, though. I, I kind of almost forgot that it had come out. Like I was still kind of looking forward to it, and then I was like, "Oh right, yeah, no, that's out." Like, <laughs> well, I, yeah, but it's also still at the end of the day, it's still a remix album. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know, but like they they still put out a couple of of singles, uh, like the Windowland with uh, I Almost Lost You, which I uh, know you've already commented was is a devastating song, that B-side. Just, uh, yes, it's 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 very hard to hear. I don't know how often I can listen to that song. <laughs> right. And then, like, Windowland is, like, a pretty goofy... Like, it's, it's poignant for the times and whatever, but it's kind of a goofy, silly song. Yeah. And then, like, they also did the, uh, the split with the Agrolites, which... I mean, I I listened back to the to Wasted Days performed by the Agrolites. I'm like, man, I don't like this. I don't like the Agrolites playing the Slackers, but I do like the Slackers playing the Agrolites. <laughs> yeah, I do like Countryman Fiddle though. I like that they I like what they did with that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And it's that's a great tune too. That's a classic tune. It's a good tune. Yeah, it's it's one of those. And like they didn't really even cover it. They just rewrote it <laughs> almost. Like the Slackers changed. It's different. Yeah. No, I, I think that I think that Vic has hit a, a, a kind of thing lately where and Windowland is kind of exemplary of it as well. He's doing less songwriting in his songwriting. Huh. It's kinda like he's kinda looser. It's kinda like he like I I wonder how specifically they ever wrote out the lyrics to their version of Countryman Fiddle. Cause like the way that he delivers it almost seems like he's kinda just telling the story off the top of his head. <laughs> and I think that like Windowland kind of comes across the same way. And even like hearing them talk about it on the Rolling Stones Twitch on the Rolling Stone Twitch, like he's like, yeah, I was, I kind of had this idea and I was just kind of, you know, bullshit in the words in between the chorus. And like, it feels, it still feels like that was what they ended up with. And I think that's very exciting. get into these uh top tens here yeah let's talk some tens all right you want to go first what are your what are your what are your favorite ska reggae and adjacent records of the year you want me to just go down all 10 should we yeah why don't we just go i'll, I'll go 10 to 1 you'll go 10 to 1 how about that 
Okay. Do you want to do this? Yeah. Or do you want to? Because we're going to have some duplicates. I know we have some duplicates. Yes, yes. I peeked. Okay. I peeked so... yours. <laughs> I, okay. So starting at 10, I'm going Mr. Kingpin, introducing Mr. Kingpin. Number nine, Western Standard Time, Tombstone. Number eight, Vieja Esquina. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this album name. Matisse's? Matisse's? Fuck, man. I don't know. Seven. (laughs) Uh, Cat Bite. Nice one. Six. Danny Rebel and the KGB. Toss it up. Five. The Free Coasters. A different kind of heat. Four. Wild Man Rhythm. Pan Atlantic. Number three. Combo Lulo. And their album Neotropic Dream. Number two. We Are the Union. Ordinary Life. And number one. Big D and the Kids Table. Do your art. And I think that's going to surprise people. So you're giving that number one. Yes. Oh, my God. So I, I got to admit right here, uh, I spent a lot of time coming up with my 10 list. I did not really order it. And when you coming in with a very decisive one, I yeah, like well, I got to come up with at least a top one. Now, just you can just list 10. Who cares? <laughs> None of this fucking matters. No, I guess not. I just wanted to make sure it was known that I really liked this Big D and the Kids table album. <laughs> All right. So... In no real particular order, but I think this is, you know, I'm gonna move one thing out of out of, out of place. Here. All right, so all right, yeah, all right. So ten, we got um, Taj Motel Trio. Uh, let's see. After that, we got a band called Beat Sunset with an album called Progress. Uh, after that, I got the Forecast. I'm sorry, the Free Coasters with a different kind of heat, which you also had on yours, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, after that, I got, uh, what is this, five? I got Jeff Rosenstock, Ska Dream. You don't have that on the list, right? I took them off the list. We can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got the articles with Action Claw versus Gorilla Grip. Mm-hmm. A band called Man After Man with an album called Galactic Echo. See, right here, I'm going to put Cat Bite. What is this, number four? Cat Bite, nice one. Number three, Wild Man Rhythm, uh, Pan Atlantic. I guess you had both of those on your list. I did. And number two, I'm going to say The Big Takeover. It's a band called The Big Takeover with Spilling Water. And now I'm going to make that my number one. Let's make number two, Slackers Dub Classics. Yeah. I, yeah. I want okay. something new. I want something fresh in there. I want uh Yeah. I really like the big takeover. Big takeover, number one, final answer. <laughs> big takeover. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about the big takeover. I don't know much about a lot of these bands. Uh, to be honest, I learned some things uh, about some of them. Some of these bands are mysteries uh, from other lands. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, the band The Beat Sunset I, I put up there uh, with a, uh, the album Progress. Uh, they are Japanese. I really can't find much about them at all uh, this appears to be their debut oh yeah i guess right here at the top would be a nice place for me to thank a man like cody freedom freedom for for his always compiling uh new sky releases by year it's it's so helpful for a, for an episode like this just to make sure that nothing's falling through the cracks and uh i mean he turned me on to, to to a lot of the groups that are on here just by having the list available so cody freedom thank you yeah i mean, I, I just looked it up uh, Cody's playlist for 2021 Sky releases has over 1,900 songs, over 110 hours of music. 
I mean, uh, I can't and tell yes, you how helpful that is. <laughs> yeah, like ar- around the end of the year, I'm also a person. If Cody, you're listening, thank you from me as well. Uh, I'll just throw that shit on shuffle, and if something catches my ear, I'll listen to the album. Oh, and neat. I still, I don't have the ability to listen to everything. <laughs> Uh, no, I did much more of a kind of a scrape. Just tried to listen to right. at least one track for every album, um, unless it's a band like I already knew what I hate well, yes, or something, yes, you sure. know. But like, I really tried to like give every album a chance to catch me somewhere, you know, um, which is still probably not a fair shake. But yeah, I mean one of the one of the albums uh, that I threw on here pretty late, uh, like while I was you know, trying to prep for this episode was the VA Heskina record. Uh, so they're from Peru. And there, it's a it's a ska jazz record, but it's like, I mean, it's it's obviously sort of Latin jazz in the ska reggae rock steady kind of thing, but it's got just like a man, it's such a good vibe, is all I can say. It's like a nice, like it's not an exciting record necessarily. Like I don't know if I'd want to go out and like get hype watching this band. <laughs> But to put their album on, like at work, it's a calming thing. It's like a, it's huh. like an easy listening almost kind of vibe. Well, and it's just I don't know. I don't know what to say about it other than I just really, really enjoy listening to it. I did not know this band before, and they made a very big impact upon me in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I want to hear some more of that. I think you should. Vieja Skina. So that's that's that record. Um, there's there's so many releases on 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 Cody's playlist. Again, there's 110 hours of ska music. A lot of it's fucking bad, in my opinion. No <laughs> yes, offense. Yes. Yes. So like it's it's not a fun thing to put on shuffle. You have to skip through some shit. Yeah, but, I don't think that strategy would work for me. I think I have to be more active. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I. Yeah. I, I this is the difference. Like you know. How, no, I, how, how, I, I, how understand. Do you slice, I understand. How do you slice a year's worth of music? Yeah. We. we it's interesting that we have different approaches. I think I would go crazy just trying random. You know. My original list did include the Rosenstock album. But yeah. I decided to take it off partly because I realized that, like, I I didn't put Catbite on the on my list, which also surprised me. Yeah, which was a mistake, and I realized it was a mistake, and I was already kind of iffy about including the Rosenstock album anyway, since it was a cover of an album he put out a year ago. Oh, are you being a purist? Because like, even if I get the year wrong, I'm cool with my list. But I don't know. It's not. <laughs> Some it's of this not could about, come out no. next year. And also, I, I don't want to say that I, I genuinely like it's one of my favorite albums of the year, but I don't want to put it on this list, partly because I feel like it the joke aspect of it, the way it's all just puns and fucking on the album titles, not even the music. The music isn't jokes. The album titles, yeah. the album cover yeah. are jokes, and I don't appreciate it. 
Okay. All right. Um, and and for that reason, like as much as I fucking I I genuinely this might be my favorite release of his, and I'm a big fan of his music. But I don't. Uh, I I feel like too. I have to. Man, I feel like I have to. Here. I have to. I I feel I'm not judging you. I understand why people put it on lists. No, you just got like some some really hot feelings there. Then <laughs> it's like your favorite, and you're a little pissed at it. <laughs> I'm a little bit pissed about it. Yes. Yeah. Um. I I don't think I'm I'm that I don't feel that hard about the joke aspect, and I don't feel that hard about the album necessarily. But it's definitely on my list. I listen to it more than probably anything else on this list so i have to i have to give it at least that kind of credit you know like sure i listen to the shit out of this record i mowed the lawn a bunch to this record this damn <laughs> this record got you off the couch jj <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i uh, uh the joke part of it almost seemed like necessary that like they were doing something crazy and fun and eye-catching and what are you gonna do but um but but roll with it you know, and and you can't change one thing into a Scott plan without changing them all to a Scott. Plan. You don't have to like, change. You can change the name of the album without making the album art a joke and without changing the names of the songs. Okay, that's all I have to you say. say about you say so you think the names of the songs should stay the same, or just put like ska version or some shit for you know? Would it hit as hard? Like I'm being for yes, real. Like would it for me? have like splashed as hard? Without that track list. I would like to think so. Okay. Because otherwise, like, what what does that say about ska music if it, if that's not the case? I think part of it is... That, like, you have to, you have to have... Of, you have to make fun of the genre? Part of him saying to the hipster part of his crowd, saying, like, hey, uh, I own this, I think part of that is also owning the cheesy side of it. And they're, they're trying to to make a pastiche they're trying to make a almost like review album like like almost a review uh of the third wave like being applied to an existing track list you know like if you're gonna apply this filter you have to apply it to all you know okay i i do kind of see what you're saying they just slapped some scott on this shit (laughs) they did they slapped like all all the scott they could fucking figure out onto this shit no. like <laughs> i at a certain point like i i think that my my pro- my problem with this album is that it's part of the solution while also being part of the problem mm. and like it it didn't have to be part of the problem look if if it's if we're making the top 10 and like all it all i'm doing is keeping them out of the top 10 then they're fucking number 11 or the number zero it doesn't matter like like i absolutely love the album but like for the purpose like i just don't feel great about including it for being part of the problem that's so no i love i love that it is a controversial (laughs) move and and that the the controversy has hit you like squarely is not the right (laughs) it's hit you polarly (laughs) Like, yeah, it's hit you on both ends. <laughs> it's it's a complicated record for me. Yeah, because yeah. because I love it and I have a, a, and, it, and it, I feel wounded by it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would love for this to have been just an inside joke for 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 the Scott world. But like I said, it it feels almost like an o- there's like an open door to the inside joke. Like it's it's letting a lot of people in on the inside joke too. And so in yeah. that way, it's kind of like ah, you know. It's not just for us. It really, it really, 
it was noticed, you know? Right, right. Like, I had friends texting me, like, hey, so, so like, Ska's being written about. Like, I, I checked this record out. What else should I check out? You know, it's like, <laughs> Interesting. okay, like, okay, here goes. I don't know. What, right. Like, P.S. I'm not in it for the new stuff necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> if you want my recommendations, go to hornpod.org. No, honestly, yeah. Like, I, if people if people want to hear a list of stuff that I think you should listen to, man, I'd rather them check out the Scott Cannon than my 2021 list. You know? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I I really like picking these records out. I like finding them. I like having a reason to dig through mm-hmm. that big old freedom list. Freedom. No, a, a lot of these that are on my list are not albums that I've like lived with this year either. You know? That's true. No, I, like my most listened like. You know, Spotify does their year recap kind of thing. They give you your 100 most played songs. Mm -hmm. I was not listening to a lot of modern music, like 2021 music this year, which like whatever. Like I I feel like I listen. There is a lot of good music that came out this year that I appreciate greatly in ska and not in ska. But like I I was I'm still (laughs) listening to shit. You know, I'm still listening to a lot of cake. I'm st- <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, need Spotify wrap up to tell me that I listened to way too much Damian Marley living it up. <laughs> so let me. Okay, so Catbite, the 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 nice one album by Catbite. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what I was thinking by not including them because like I didn't even put them at number ten when I took off the Rosenstock album. I, I put them at number seven. Like they were better than some of the albums I knew I was including oh, sure. on the list. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I think it's like, I mean, for one, Seeing Catbite live is so much better than listening to when, listening to them on an album. Okay. And I think that part of it, like, I think that I have that bias in me now that I've seen Catbite live. So is that what it was? You were you were just kind of like, I'm not as into the this version of the tunes. It might be, yeah. But also, like, I I went back and listened to the album today. Actually, like, loud as fuck. Like I was listening to it in the shower. Um, like just really like. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. This is a really important record, I think. Not only is it important, it's good. What makes you say important, though? I think it's important partly because it is... I feel like it's the most mainstream-sounding, while still ska-sounding record that I've heard in a really long time. Yeah, like when I when I said like ready for, you know, the mainstream or whatever, I was talking specifically about their album and We Are the Union's album. But like, right. between the two of them, Catbite is still like, no offense to We Are the Union, who again like I put their num- their album as number two. So like I feel like I don't have to defend myself sure. as being critical of the band. Uh, like no offense to We Are the Union, I I don't know like, I don't think that they listen to ska, like actual ska music. <laughs> be it like UK two-tone Jamaican Scott like right you mentioned before that they're kind of like descendants of less than Jake yeah it's like a yes yeah 
the vibe that they get, like where it's clearly like they understand the tempo to play ska punk for ska fans, not for ska punk fans. Yeah. Catbite has a classic catchiness to it where We Are The Union's catchiness is like a pop punk catchiness. Yeah. And they're different kinds of catchy. I don't I don't know. It's I I don't know how I left it off because listening <laughs> back to it today I'm like, of course, this Gotta is a on. fucking this is a groundbreaking album I think. So yeah, I'd say I you know, I said before a lot of these I don't like I haven't lived with this year. I'd say yeah. the the ones that I really have listened to a few times over, Catbite and uh the Free Coasters. Yes. Something tells me that you already know I'm shook, babe, shook, babe. Tears sting in my eyes when you go. And so I, Free Coasters had to go on my list. I think the record is uh, too big in places. I, th- I, think, I think there's mm-hmm. maybe a few too many songs on there. They get a little bit jam bandy, too. Like, they, they, I feel like they sometimes don't have a lot of respect for my time. that's what i say i think they could stand to streamline a bit but that's not really a ding like i'm not really gonna beat anybody up for being prolific or or really making a full record like you know that's that's not a ding so how how would you describe what they sound like uh emotional lush sometimes groovy Uh, the, the lyrics are poetic uh not always deep, but you know, like trying to be deep. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there, there's a ton of effort behind them, and I feel the effort. I hear the effort, and and it's it's just coming across. Like I, I really like her vocals, and yeah. I think I think what it really turned it around for me was when I first listened to them. I was getting like this kind of like Fiona Apple trying to be sultry. I, I got this like. I got this like vibe off of the singer that was completely my own fiction. And then when I saw right. their live set for Supernova, mm-hmm. and I realized she's so shy seeming. And <laughs> I don't know, there was this, the, the vibe that she gave off suddenly was not like, oh, you're trying to be this like wannabe um sultry kind of diva kind of thing like that's not your 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 thing at all and suddenly like this juxtaposition like put it in this new frame for me and i just i don't know i really clicked with them a lot more the past couple months and yeah uh, no like i i i honestly like i know that this is their second album i didn't really notice i still haven't listened much to their first that that's on me <laughs> but like th- this album just sounded like I don't know. It's like this this interesting blend of reggae and soul and like southern like bluesy rock. I think because yeah. there's there there is like a blues element to the way that they use guitar. Okay, yeah. Um and yeah, like just the the vibe on this record. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's something that I don't think I've ever really heard in reggae and ska before. They make sense alongside the Slackers and alongside Westmont Train. Like, I'm not saying they are uh, totally original in everything that they do, but they're hitting on a certain blend that I don't think I've heard another band do. 
Uh, what, what else you got uh, on here? So another band we both mentioned was Wild Man Rhythm mm-hmm. and their album Pan Atlantic. I, I don't know. Like, this album really impressed me. Yeah. <laughs> I love their organ player a lot. Yeah. Like, the, the way that they're... This is an example of a ska jazz band that doesn't... Like, I've never heard a band that sounds like them, which is interesting to say because they're a ska jazz band and it's not a new thing. <laughs> right. Like the the way that they use their organ and the way that well that sounds pornographic the way that always does <laughs> can't talk about the organ without doing it the way that their organist plays <laughs> and the way that their guitarist plays it's just like a really interesting way to use what are typically rhythmic instruments mm-hmm. the name is like not a great band name until you listen to them like Wild Man Rhythm doesn't sound like a good band name to me yeah. until, like but when I listen to them. Like somebody described them as sounding like, like a, uh, like a turbulent sea, or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, goddamn, that's a reasonably well way to describe this band. It churns. <laughs> yeah, like they they have there's like a, a almost like a recklessness to the way that they're playing. Like it they feel it feels like it's about to fall apart at any minute. And like the the way that they arrange their songs, I I just really like the way they harmonize the horns and everything. Like just killer arrangements and okay. Speaking of arrangements, I wanted to ask you that opening track. um, I've listened to it a couple times, and every time I'm like, oh, it sounds like they're trying to do like almost a response to Cooking for Tommy. Not quite a variation of Cooking for Tommy, but like. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Am I? uh, Yeah, you do. Okay, so you feel that? I, I, yeah, I definitely hear that. I hear the similarities between the two. Absolutely. As if they're saying like, "This is our cooking for Tommy." Like, (laughs) because it, because it kind of starts with the, yeah, like that dun 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 dun. I yes. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) That's all I wanted to hear. Is like, (laughs) I want to know that I'm right. (laughs) Yeah. Now, yes, I agree. Okay. But yeah, I, 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 in my notes, I wrote that I could listen to this record over and over again. Like, I really like this record. Mm-hmm. I want to give yeah, it more this, time. Yeah, this, like, in a way, kind of, I mean, it doesn't sound like it, but it reminds me of, God, what was that one record that I really liked last year? Oh, the, um, Jaw Jazz? Yes, it was the Jaw Jazz Orchestra, where, like... I, I feel like Jaw Jazz them, is very slick, though, and this is a bit more, like... This is not slick, no, but, like... Just, just in the fe- the way that I was like, oh, I've never really heard Scott Jazz this way before, and then I listened to it all year long. <laughs> that's what I meant by that's what I meant by comparing the two. <laughs> Speaking of Scott Jazz, I really liked an, an album that was recorded in 2001 and only just now being released. Uh, a, a Scott Jazz group from back when, the Articles, yeah, released their sophomore <laughs> album. I don't know why they <laughs> sat on it for so long. I think it was only in digital form. I really enjoy listening to this. Uh, the record's called Action Claw versus Gorilla Grip. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're 
breaking any boundaries of ska jazz or anything like that, but uh, but a real solid record to listen to. Kind of kind of reggae jazz too, for sure. So tell me about Man After Man. Well, I don't know a lot. <laughs> um, so as far as I can tell, this is very, it's very dubby, spacey ska jazz. And when I Googled it the first time to see if I could find out more about it, it says that this album is remixed by a guy named Hans Muez. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> so, But I also didn't see what it was remixed from. Yeah, I don't know. But um, it's very like spacey ska jazz. It's very, um, oh, it's from Mexico. I'm sorry. Jeez. Yes, of course. The band is from Mexico City. And Hans Muez, I don't know uh, much about him. But yeah, so Dr. Ringding's on it, Buford O'Sullivan's on it. Uh, and it's just kind of an impressive, impressive little set of tunes there. And I I, I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be on your list so so or, or, that, or that it was going to get overlooked by a lot of other people. So I was like, yeah, I want to kind of shine a light on this, this little this little weirdness here. Yeah, it, I did listen to it after seeing your list, and it was one of the ones I actually listened to in its entirety, and I do like it. Yeah. Um, kind of the the production is very interesting because it doesn't sound like the kind of production you would expect on like a ska jazz, reggae jazz album, <laughs> which is very cool because like it does kind of have, I mean, even at times almost trip hoppy, like that's the kind of dub that it goes into while still being like a ska jazz record. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you said that, because I, I don't think I would have come up with that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's very cool, and I, I'd like to see what else happens with people doing ska jazz with like that kind of production. It's different enough to, uh-huh. to check out, yeah. Um, I know I've got about a couple other on the ska jazz tip. How about you? You got anything kind of ska jazzy? Yeah, I mean, I've also got the uh, the Western Standard Time record. Oh, right. Which... Uh, Kind of like it kind of hit me. I, I forgot that they were making an album, or I didn't, I didn't even know hear about that they were making an album. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, and it's got Jesse Wagner from the Agger Lights on it, and it's mm-hmm. got Chris Murray on it singing mm-hmm. one of his tunes. So this one is not a tribute to the Scatterlights. They've no, kind of this, branched it's, off. It's now. all fresh, new, original songs. Or I guess uh-huh. in the case of like the Chris Murray song, it's a Chris Murray song arranged by the the Sky Jazz Orchestra. But yeah, like they're they're actually doing fresh new tunes this time. And they're still an incredible band. The the fact that they're not Scatolite songs or songs I already recognize, you know, uh, does kind of hurt it. it. It's not an instant huh. classic like the other ones were to me. Right. But it's still like, it's not the songs that made the band great. It's partly just the way that they were arranged. And there's still not another band that sounds nearly as good as this band playing music like this band. Yeah, I definitely was... was- considering putting them on the list i was definitely impressed by the record um i didn't want to just load this up with total ska jazz and i felt like the ones that i did put on edged it out just a little bit yeah no fair yeah and maybe maybe if they were scatolites tunes i would have still been riding yeah riding for it but it's it's not very high on my list
top one. I guess my, my top one, the big takeover, Spilling Water. I don't know much about them, but they are um, they're very American sounding, but also like really leaning on that Jamaican oldies kind of vibe. Uh, they got a lot of like jazz in there. They sound very like almost ready to be. It almost sounds rude. Like like I could I could see them being played at a Starbucks or something. And being like <laughs> like they're very they're very clean sounding. They're very inoffensive. Um, okay. Uh, there's a lot of jazz in the mix, but I wouldn't put them like completely in with 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 the ska jazz set. Like they're sure. There's enough soul and other things going on. They're not like full on poppy though. Like did you did you listen to it? Did you? I this was one that I didn't really get into. Okay. Which again, like it's I don't know. There's only so much. We we both have so much ska jazz. Absolutely. It's not a surprise. That the one that really caught my ear, or that really I guess I saw I saw the name and I was like, oh, is this a cover of Girly Girly? And of course, it is a cover of Girly Girly, done in this like big boisterous kind of reggae jazz kind of thing, and mm-hmm. uh, it's very catchy. Uh, I think I think everybody should check out Girly Girly. You're probably hearing it right now under my voice. <laughs> Yeah, so check out Big Takeover for sure. Remind me, what was your number one, Matt? My number one was Big D and the Kids Table. All right, so yeah. Uh, yeah, why, why, why this one, uh, why did it click with you so hard? So first of all, I want to know if you heard it and if you spent any time with it this year. Not a lot of time with it. I kind of okay, I kind of ran through this one to be honest. I don't know. So I think something about it was like I was ready for a new Big D in the Kids Table album. Okay. Uh, because like earlier, this album came out like in October, and earlier in the summer, uh, for whatever reason, I started. I got back onto like a big Big D in the Kids Table kick. I was just listening to a ton of their music. They ended up like one of my top five artists of the year or whatever. Your pump was primed. Yeah, yeah. I was all I was ready for it. And then they released it and like it's been a long time since I genuinely cared about a new Big D in the Kiss Table album. Like they've been all pretty like I don't know, like I I've at the time that all of these have been coming out in like the past like fifteen years probably. <laughs> It's, it's always been like, well, this isn't the Big D I wanted. But, like, in retrospect, they've put out almost only good albums. Huh. And so they released this album. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember what I love about Big D and the Kids Table. Knock and knock and knock on your wooden head, yeah. It's just like it's so big. It's twenty tracks, but some of them are less. Like a lot of them are less than a minute long. Some of them aren't even songs. They're like, they're they're like kind of just like sound collages. I guess is the best way to describe them, which makes this a very frustrating album to have like in a list of shuffled music. Right. Because like this it's not is not a hook exactly. Yeah, like they made an album that I listen to front to back a lot. And it's very frustrating to hear one song out of context <laughs> because I think it's just like the, they made like three different albums at once. They made like a classic Big D and the Kids Table album while also making a weird uh, 
fucking experimental sound album. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. While also making kind of like a children's album. Hmm. Because like some of They've these songs... They've always had that element. Right. But like, and I, I feel like they... I, one of the things that I've, I've learned to appreciate this year about Big D and the Kids Table, not necessarily from this album, but including this album, is they're just their confidence in being whatever the fuck they want to be. Because, like, there's not, I don't think Big D and the Kids Table has ever stuck with something. And this album doesn't stick with anything. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just so charming to me because so much of it is great, too. Like, even, like, the weird shit, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, it's time for this 40-second thing where it's just, like, a drum beat and people naming snacks. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> like I'm excited. Just the fact that they did this album, like, it's such a weird kind of comeback album. Because it's, it's a comeback album. They haven't made a new album in, like, eight years. Has it really been uh, that long? Yeah. So it's, it's oh. a comeback album while also being a real fucking weird album. And just it, it hits all the notes for me and i'm just real i'm just real pleased with it man all right i'll have to check it out again I'll give it another shot anything else that needs to be uh spotlighted on your on your list and i do want to say a little piece about the we are the union album oh yeah Man, I feel like shit today Head full of doubt and I can't carry all that weight Catch my reflection and it's killing me I've had a very, I've known the members of We Are The Union since before they were in this band Okay uh, Including like and after they started the band, they did their first tour where me and them were co-headlining shows or whatever the fuck. Like, I mean, they were DIY shit. We were taking turns playing last at churches <laughs> or what church community centers. Uh, <laughs> I didn't and realize like, you played with them that much. Yeah, and it, even like Reed lived like rented a room in my house for a while. Like we go very far back, <laughs> and so to wow. like to see to see this arc. Like, where I got to text friends of mine and be like, my former roommate's in Spin Magazine because she came out as transgender. And, like, it's a, it's been a very weird year uh, as someone that's, like, known them for a very long time. And a very exciting year. Let me... Like, not weird in, like, any sort of negative way. Because uh, I just think it's fantastic. One, that she's able to, like, be a ska superstar as a trans person. And, like, also congratulations on living your truth and all that. But also, like, this album doesn't sound like a We Are The Union album. And I think, and I love We Are The Union's older music. And the fact that this one sounds like Carly Rae Jepsen making a Goldfinger album or something (laughs) is such a fucking vibe. It's such a vibe for me in 2021. Uh, Because it's just unabashedly pop friendly hook radio whatever the production on it is so fucking clever there's so many little touches that are like yeah we made a pop record but like it's a weird pop record which it is uh which is like that's that rosenstock influence Mm -hmm. but reed also spent a lot of time hanging out with john feldman she's been playing kind of like backing guitar in goldfinger and whatever 
Well, and Jura's influence has got to be uh, uh, one of polishing and uh, pop popifying, right? Like I know that Jerry is a very proficient musician on many instruments, and they slay up and down this album. But I don't think it's like they could have anybody playing the trombone on this record. I think that what Jerry brings is something almost ethereal. Like there's <laughs> there's like a magnetism that Jerry brings to this band that they couldn't do on their own well i guess maybe at this point they could but i think that they had to get from jerry at first yeah well and like i said if there if there is a chance that the youth is is getting into scott at all i think it is through like scott Two network and and we are the union and uh, i really wonder how many how many uh, young trans kids are are getting turned on to ska just because they they now have a a role model uh, to look at uh, who is who just happens to be playing ska, you know? Right, right. No, I think that there is a large chunk of people new to ska who are coming into it from like a queer rock angle. I love that more than anything. I think yeah, it's I, it's, I, it's it's so wild to. <laughs> Like I'm so excited that that ska has this going for it. To be honest, as a as a person on the LGBTQ etc. Whatever, uh, I think ska is best when it's a a, a place of refuge uh, for someone that's disenfranchised. You know, if if we can be that for a whole new set of people, um, yeah, I think that's just fantastic. I love. I mean, I love. We are the union as people. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I just I'm, I'm very excited for this for like this new era in we are the unions story and what it means for ska music and for ska fans it, they were this was almost my number one album and i realized like i just can't not you know what this All right. album but you know what i'm gonna do i i didn't love the record or anything but 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 out of like sheer importance and and actual quality i'm gonna kick taj mattel trio out i'm put we are the union in damn i don't give a fuck about that band what <laughs> Honestly, I was. I want you to get, to say a couple words about the Taj Motel record because I didn't. I saw that you'd put it on there. I saw that it was like acoustic versions of some like older songs of theirs. You know what it was? Uh, honestly, I wanted a little bit more ska punk in there, so I was like, I, I kept like uh, there was no ska punk that was like kicking them off. Yeah, and uh, I I just kind of liked how like kind of Dan P influenced it sounded, and uh, I hadn't heard like acoustic power sky in, in a minute like i don't know i just yeah. it kind of hit me for a second but like i haven't like gone back and re-listened to this i haven't been like oh i really dig that record or anything and mm-hmm. uh and yeah i just every time i think about we are the union i just get really positive feelings and like even though the, the record is like totally like not for me like yeah yeah uh yeah i love what it's doing to the scene i love i love everything about it so yeah <laughs> in <laughs> <laughs> It's in the top ten. Yeah. Pew pew pew. <laughs> pew pew pew. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are, JJ. Of course you are. All right, let's knock out this uh listener feedback real quick. What do you say? All right. <laughs> Listener Feedback is a segment where you, the listener, get the chance to speak your mind, offer corrections, and otherwise join the conversation. If you want to submit listener feedback to the show, find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or leave us a little message on your phone. Pick up that phone. 
Dial the HornPod hotline. That's 16-HORNPOD-15. I don't know why I said 16 as 16 and 15 as 15, but it's 16-HORNPOD-15 or 16-HORNPOD-15 or, you know, any permutations thereof. 16-H-O-R-N-P-O-D-1-5. That's the easiest way to remember it. Oh, my God. Today at Listener Feedback. <laughs> I wish we had video sometimes if you could have seen my shifting eyes as you went through all that. <laughs> okay, yeah, man, we really could. We could stand to hear some. Uh, uh, we could stand to hear from some listeners for sure. Couldn't we? Uh, we, got, we got this one here, but he's a repeat caller, and I think he only mm. called to tease us in the first place. I think he only uh, called to tease you, really. I guess so. He, he called in my defense, which, like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here comes uh, Sean from Long Island. Hey, scholars. This is Sean McCabe. I just wanted to uh, take a moment and and appreciate Matt Wixon's cunning and sneaking on a little bit of that ME330 Ultra Panic since, um, since – JJ rebuked his uh, request for canonizing that wonderful MU330 album in what was maybe the first Hornpot episode, and yet track seven of Ultra Panic, Hey Now, made it into the canon as disc two, track 11, on Jump Up Records and Megalith Records is still standing. So, uh, brava, Matt Woodson. And JJ, hopefully you could find a way to sneak a little maximum perversion by Mephiscopheles into the canon. So, uh, good luck. Happy hunting. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's Sean. I can't believe he didn't mention his fucking PhD in this <laughs> phone call. <laughs> well, maybe on the next call. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess I guess a track from Ultra Panic has, has made it in, Matt. You are vindicated yeah. on some level. You know what? It, it it doesn't even feel like a victory, but I'll take it, Sean. Thank you. I wonder because like that was like our second episode, our first episode. Yeah, it was our first. It was our first episode because we, we were talked trying about... to be a bit more divisive in those early episodes. I think we were trying to fight a little more in the Scott Cannon. Yeah, we. Than yeah, we ended up doing. <laughs> we became pretty soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. You know what? Let's stop talking about old Scott Cannon. Let's talk about new Scott Cannon. New Scott Cannon, let's do it. The Scott Cannon is a segment. We, two Scott aficionados, decide which albums will be accepted by all future Scott scholars. As key to shaping the ongoing definition of Scott tonight on the Scott Cannon. A couple little, uh, speaking of uh, listener feedback, a couple little recommendations from, from the listeners. After yeah. our compilation episode, which was not a heavily listened to episode, but probably our most feedback episode. Huh. Interesting. People wanted wanted their favorite Scott comps mentioned. They wanted to be heard, and they uh, they feel strongly about Scott comps. And 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 you're damn right. Like Scott comps are important. Mm-hmm. So we decided to to maybe consider since this is the 2021 episode. You know what are we doing? Like what what's the theme here? Why don't we yeah. consider consider a few of these uh, compilations that we didn't really talk about before? And this makes three episodes in a row, by the way, where we've only talked about compilations, and I feel like that's this is a good this is a good cap on it. <laughs> okay, I like that. That we, we should back away from compilations for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, this like we we had to fit something into this. Like I, I don't think there was anything this year that we were going to put in the Scott Cannon. Not yet, anyway. Uh, like you know nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So we had to do something. We might as well just keep doing doing the the compilations because people already were talking about them. And rule of threes, you know, you got to do things in threes. Hey, as valid as anything. Yeah, let's start with uh with with one of the OGs. What would that be? Dance craze. Okay, so Dance Craze, man. This is this was a movie. Um, yeah. A, a documentary of sorts. A live concert. Yeah. It was it was kind of like the statement of the two-tone, I guess, movement era. Uh, it, it was like the introduction. Like, if you wanted a taste of what was happening in UK ska in, like, you know, late 70s, early 80s, this had everything you needed. Right, it wasn't just two tone. It had also madness and bad manners. Bad manners. It had the whole second wave. I, I I think I'm guilty of this. I mean, I know I'm guilty of this. I think you're guilty of this too. Referring to the second wave as two tone, even though a right. lot of these groups weren't on the two tone label, you know, beyond this record. True. But it it, it almost seemed like the, the tone of the documentary was not like, hey, you love ska, check out this. It seemed almost like, hey, you, squares, this is ska. <laughs> right. Like It seemed to be trying to announce it outside of the scene, not not be a celebration right. within. Right, right. It was um, like, a, like a calling card, like, hey, here's what we're all doing if you want to join us. When, when, when did you first see the movie? Honestly, it was a very long... Like, I didn't see it until probably the mid-2000s. I think I first saw it on real video. Like, a super Ooh. compressed, super pixely... I remember that. Shitty sounding. Like, I knew the doc... I, I mean, I knew the, the album, the, the the CD, way better than... Yeah, yeah. ...than the movie. And the movie was almost a letdown. But I love these tunes. I I I, I really I've got a, a bunch of different um, live recordings of uh, of two tone of the two tone era. Uh, the Slackers put out like Live at the Lyceum in '79, and then mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of different like little bootleggy kind of comps. This is definitely one of the better ones. This is this is like and it's like all hits too. Right. All, this is the specials. Right. If you want to you know, know the this, beat, like these are the songs that are going to get you into the beat. Right. It's like that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just uh, you really get the energy. You get the sense of the energy from the crowd. Yeah, like an ur- a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't like this. Like there's whatever you think about the presentation. Like this isn't like a lounge kind of review. Like these are still hunks playing this kind of music. <laughs> well, it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not a review because these were hits at the time. You know. Right. Yeah, I just like this is one of those things. It's like I don't know. Like f- for me, like finding it. After I knew this kind of music, it, it doesn't have the same kind of effect as it would have to someone who had never heard the specials or Madness in like the 80s. We really should be talking to somebody who heard this record for, as their introduction to Ska. Because <laughs> there are probably countless individuals who found this record as their introduction to Ska. 
That's yeah. I hadn't really thought about that, but absolutely right. There weren't a lot of uh, compilations at the time, right? Especially not of contemporary UK bands, you know. Exactly. Like there were like the compilations of Jamaican tunes, right? But not like not of like a homegrown ska scene. This has to be the first, right? Well, I don't know. There was the This Is Two Tone. Did that come later? That came later. Yeah. It's 1983. Oh, okay. So like almost after the fact. I really actually wonder. I probably should have done more research. I wonder if it was all filmed over one night or not. I actually don't know that. Um, it would be a wild ass night. What a wild show to be at, right? That'd be an interesting thing to discuss in in a film club or something, maybe. Hmm, I wonder if we could do like a ska film club at some point. I don't know. We didn't really plan on bringing that into this episode, but maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should watch some ska movies and talk about it at some time, Matt. Yeah, we, we could do that. I, I could watch a ska movie. Hmm, maybe that would keep us going another year, Matt. God, we could probably make a whole year of podcasts <laughs> out of ska movies. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Why I really wanted to talk about this is because, well, yeah, sure, somebody suggested it, but I don't have to listen to them. Like, I really wanted to talk about this because I feel like we haven't put a lot of two-tone in, a lot of second wave stuff yet. Uh, right. We we put a bunch of special stuff in, yes. but definitely no bad manners yet. I think pretty sure I mean, madness isn't in the Scott Cannon yet. Neither is the selector. Neither is the beat. Right. And I love the body snatchers. I would love to put all of these bands in the canon. I don't think anybody could ever argue that these bands don't deserve it to be in the canon. So while like while we're waiting for us to get around to uh, catching up with all the other two tone stuff, I would love to to sock away. Uh, dance craze because it kicks yes. ass and yes. and for all those reasons. Um, yes, yeah. I think this is a good placeholder for a lot of the two-tone music that we've been meaning to put into the canon <laughs> at some point uh, and haven't. Or I guess we should say second wave because I guess you're going to parse words on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, for me, just like for for the the strength of the song selection, like there's not a bad song on this collection, and uh, just the treat of hearing some of these bands play some of these songs live, like in 1980 or 1981 or whenever this was, uh, like here it's it's such a fucking treat, yeah. and it's a yeah for me, definitely yeah. All right, cool. We're putting this in the canon. Canon. Uh, I guess I should say that this is on originally released on Two Tone label and yes. uh, often re-released on Chrysalis. I, I, don't, I don't really know the deal there. What is what is the the deal there? Uh, Two Tone was an imprint imprint of Chrysalis. Yeah. Oh, so it's originally so, owned. It's by like it. a subsidiary of Chrysalis. Okay, good to know.
And then jumping ahead uh, years and years later, another compilation that um, not only did the listeners say they really connected with, but I kind of did, and I feel like you yes, really did. I really did, yes. Um, the Scott is Dead release from 2007. <laughs> Looking at the Discogs page, am I crazy? Was this released on like a dozen labels? I think it was kind of a joint thing between a, a few labels, at least. I'm. I don't know if it was Side One Dummy, Asian Man, Stomp, Megalith, Jump Up, Slug Tone, Hopeless, Quote Unquote, No Records, Sound and Color, Moon Room. Never heard of that. Unstrictly Roots, Hellcat Root. I'm sorry, Hellcat Records, Stubborn, Victory. Sound system and asbestos. Now, when I think of Scott is dead, I think of asbestos. Am I wrong? I know that I know that asbestos did the seven inch series, the club. So there was a Scott is dead club that you could get these seven inches from, right? About yes. like once a month or something. Yes, I loved those tunes. They did a series. I think it was twelve seven inches that were splits with like two reasonably disparate bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like Slackers and Bomb the Music Industry, right? It was like... Right, right. There, it was like Sonic... Oh, Big Dean, The Kid's Table, and Bronovit, I think, was one pairing, which okay. is like a nice New England pairing. <laughs> um, yeah, like, they, it was cool stuff like that. Like, there was... Uh, they had the, a Vic Ruggiero cut, I think it was with the snails backing him, uh, covering Jump by Van Halen. So they, those those tunes from the Seven Inch Club are not the tunes on the Sky is Dead compilation, right? No, absolutely. Okay. And I do. I think that it was Asian Man and Jump Up that actually put the CD together. So all these other bands, all these other labels, I mean, that are listed, they might just be labels that were like, you know, appears courtesy of. But yeah, this was like this kind of was it coincided with the Sky is Dead tours, which Dave from Mustard Plug kind of coordinated as mm -hmm. a way like in the the early mid aughts to kind of keep the <laughs> ska scene going as everything was dying or dead at that point commercially and they kind of took on the name the, the tongue-in-cheek name ska's dead and then also made this compilation which kind of serves as like a an easier like a similar version to uh the still standing thing where it's like here's a bunch of bands that are still doing this it is kind of like it is kind of the reverse statement too it's like uh almost uh ironically scott is dead versus earnestly scott is still standing yeah yeah i guess that's true <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the, of course, the the album art is uh, heavily uh, pinched by the Scott Agogo compilation from the '60s. Yes. So it is it is harkening all the way back. It's not just saying, "Hey, third wave is dead." It's kind of like, yeah, legit Scott. I never is thought dead about in a way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, a bit of a statement there. I, I think what really stood out to me is the tunes. Uh, very rarely is a did a compilation come out in the 2000s where I was like. I want to play all of these, you know? Yeah. That MU330, Please Don't Run, backed up by Fishbone, Skank and Go Nuts, are just, I, I can't think of two better tunes to put 
together. Like those, <laughs> yeah. I love both those tunes so hard. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I told you this. I recorded a cover of "Please Don't Run" that's going to be coming out soon. Yeah, uh, there's there's an MU330 tribute album in the works. I mean, I might be wrong, but I think that might be the last great MU330 track, right? Like, I think that was the last it's song they released. So good. you've got streetlight and catch 22 on the same album holy shit uh <laughs> right can you imagine the like there's there was like one year well there was there's like four years where they were both <laughs> existing at the same time but like like it's got a it's got a live cut from streetlight manifesto you can't get, like some of these songs you can't get anywhere else but this right. compilation that's always a good too, sign which is great um i really like that Deals Gone Bad, Westbound Train, and Pie Tasters all have this kind of like vibe of like, this is what we're up to. It's it's almost reggae. It's almost soul. This is the 2000s sound. You know, it's like, it's all captured right here, you know? Yeah. Uh, as well as like the new crop of like the people that are gonna, well, at the time, leading ska punk, like found the music industry and the uh, Flatliners who, I mean, weren't ska after <laughs> very much longer than this. But like, at, like it kind of has a little bit of everything. Like Big D and the Kids Table were. Oh, I love Noise Complaint. Such a good song. And like this was at a time when when Big D and the Kids Table had just kind of taken on. Like they just stepped up to a new tier, where they're headlining shows nationally. Yeah. It does kind of like it's a little bit lacking in the fact that like it doesn't have real big fish, Goldfinger, Less Than Jake, the boss tones. Because like this is still this is very much the ska scene and not like the ska you remember. Ah, yes. This is this is the people that are here right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's an interesting it's interesting by omission, like what that says about this compilation, I think. What do you think is driving that? God, honestly, like, this to me seems like it was Dave from Mustard Plug just kind of getting all of his friends together that, like, he's playing shows with. Because, like, at this time, Mustard, I mean, I guess still even, like, now, is it 15 years later, almost, like, they, Mustard Plug does a very good job at bringing new bands to people. At least they they do here. I don't know about how it, it works elsewhere. To be honest, I should like I have the internet. I oh, should, it I have is this interesting. Knowledge. I'm looking up and down, and there really is only a few like kind of trad ska bands on here. It really is like it really is almost like a still standing. It, it only with a bit more um, quality control applied to it, or a whole lot of quality control applied to it. Noise complaint. Noise complaint. to say yes um well i'm going <laughs> to say yes uh only like j just for the the statement of what this album kind of represents along with the tour along with the or the tours along with just kind of that whole era of camaraderie between these bands like this not not really like 
festival headliner kind of bands, but like the working ska bands. And the fact that it's got like songs you can't get anywhere else, like this MU330 song only exists on this compilation. Like the the version of Don't Stop Everything by Go Jimmy Go is a dancehall version featuring Jason, who was the bassist, uh, like chat vocalist of the Toasters at the time. And then even like the the song selection, like the Planet Smashers have "Raise Your Glass" on this song, are on this compilation, which is an album cut. Like it's on the same version as on one of their albums, but they picked a song where like Big D and the Kids Table sang the backing vocals, hmm. which is like a really nice like it really kind of feels like everybody's camaraderie. Yeah, and like so for that reason, like yeah, I, I fuck with <laughs> this. I think this is a uh, this is a great little little peek at. I, I, again, like I know it's a little bit, it's it's similar to Still Standing, yeah. but I think that this stands on its own merits, and I think it deserves to be in the camp. I I know I talk a lot about like, oh, I recognize the importance of this, or I recognize like the the era that this represents, or whatever to, to to include stuff in the Scott Cannon. I think I think what what really makes it a yes for me is that these it's just a really good compilation of tunes. This is just a really solid yes. Scott album with yeah. a ton of bands on it. Like uh, I, I, I like putting stuff on the canon that is like, this is a recommendation for a record, you know. And yeah, that's yes, that's yes, where yes. I'm coming from. Is that I really want people to hear this thing, you know. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, a lot of these are already represented. It's it's not about the importance. This wasn't like a record that connects with me on some emotional level. But this is a record that I played on the right. radio. Like this is a record I played tunes Ooh. from on the regular. Like Skank and Go Nuts. One of my top fishbone tunes. I, I'm not even joking. <laughs> yes, so yes. good. It's a it's a crazy yeah. song, but it's also like one of those late era fishbone songs that's like, oh yeah, they can still play Scott. Right. Like it's as if they're been like, we still like Scott. We still we still yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's a yes for me. It's a unanimous decision. Both these both these compilations are going into the canon. And you and me are going to try to back off of comps for a little while. Yeah, we should, shouldn't we? <laughs> I think so, maybe. Talk about some other bullshit for a while. I think we've got a good amount of comps too. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like we've we've kind of we've we've put enough comps yeah. in. We don't need to put any more <laughs> for a while at least. All right. So you feeling good about these uh, entries we've done, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Me I feel too. real good about these. I like that. So we got a couple of top tens, a couple of Scott Cannon recommendations. We've got if 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 you need to to put some music in your life, we got we got uh, stuff for your pencil and paper for sure. Across the empty void of the cosmos, communicating to the far points of distant galaxies, bringing radio phonics through the sky. This concludes another episode of Horn Pod. This concludes another episode of Horn Pod. If you like this kind of thing, maybe tell your friends. Help us become the world's top ska podcast by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Do it. But more than anything, please just keep coming back for another episode of this show right here, Horn Pod. Yeah, do it. We'll have so much cool stuff for you next year, I hope. Yeah. (laughs) Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, what he said about the New Year and stuff. You want to cut it loose? How do you feel? I think I'll stop it. Yeah, I think we got a whole show here. 